to the next edition of the Sandown Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today you are into, in for a real treat. Um, I have my partner in crime. I like to call her my partner in crime. Uh, with me today, her name is Megan Seymour. Her and I started Sandown Sweat together from day one. So everything that you see about us and where we've come, how far we've come in the last four months has all been a joint venture between Megan and I. So I really feel privileged to be able to interview her today. And the topic for today is quite an interesting one, and I'm sure you would have seen it a lot in the fitness industry. The topic is why smashing your body in the gym isn't always necessary. So obviously I might tread on a couple of toes today when I discuss this topic because it is a personal preference to how you decide to train. But we've learned over the years that smashing your body isn't always necessary, and we're going to unpack that a little bit and just give you other ways to actually still see results without coming out half broken after six months of training for instance cool so megs welcome thank you for joining us thank you for having me tell our audience today just a little bit about your personal journey your personal journey with health and fitness so i started out in the gym as a young adult and i started out as i'm sure most people do that don't really know much about being in the gym as a cardio queen <laughs> and i then started progressing and getting fitter and then I built up my confidence and then started progressing to the weight section. And then I started really enjoying the feeling of getting strong and building up a little bit of muscle and tone. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to start training to do my first fitness competition, my first bikini contest. And um, I really trained really hard and then started actually obviously having to diet now for this competition. So started dieting really, really hard and training really hard, and I did my first competition. Soon after that, I fell pregnant, and I had my first baby, and my body actually bounced back really quickly because now I was I had fallen pregnant quite fit, um, and then I decided, okay, well I'm going to do my next competition, and that's when I decided to push myself up to a higher division, and I had to be more muscular. I had to diet even harder. And I really, really had to push and train really hard, every, sometimes even twice a day, and push and, and push heavy, heavy weights, far beyond what I'd ever thought I would ever be able to accomplish. And this is when I started feeling my body really taking strain. I was constantly, constantly getting injured, constantly just feeling tired. I was eating... Smashing your body, literally. Smashing my body and yeah. literally eating oh, really low calories, and it was you know, really tough on, on my body. Um, and now being an, a young mom, well, being a young mom, it's even well. harder. Yeah. Um, so I then competed again, and then decide, and then fell pregnant with my second baby, soon after this mm -hmm. competition. And um, it was around that time that I just realised that training like that and dieting like that just wasn't sustainable. Yeah. I mean, any mom knows that yeah. trying to fit in training, let alone train that hard, as well as just being able to sustain that type of training yeah um was just not, not and the really eating as well and unsustainable yeah, yeah absolutely so quite soon after that i just decided if i wanted to get back into training and back into the gym i needed to find a, a gentler way of exercising mm. um and a more sustainable way of eating obviously yeah. not to completely let myself fall back into an unhealthy way of eating um and just try and find a more lifestyle orientated yeah. fitness Awesome. Um, I started then, you know, getting involved in functional training, more body weight training, mm. and that's when I found actually the results 
were easier on my body or that the actual training was easier on my body. I wasn't getting injured as much and I was still having the same results. Brilliant. And that's how I train, still train today. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so in that whole journey, how did you become a personal trainer and Pilates <coughs> instructor? Like at what point did you decide that that was going to be your career? Well, I started out as a sports nutritionist. So I, I was doing meal plans and um, running a supplement company at that stage. And with all the meal plans and things that I was doing, my clients were getting results, but I also found that exercise obviously played a huge yeah. role. I mean, we all know diet is pretty much 70% of people's yeah. results, but exercise in itself is also just as important. Yeah. Um, and I really felt like I wanted to offer the full package to my clients. Absolutely. Um, so then I started studying personal training. And from there, I started really, I started getting quite a lot of clients that constantly came in with different problems. Always back injuries, people that had back surgeries, people that just had recurring injuries yeah. all the time. Which is most of the general population, unfortunately. Absolutely. Um, and it, as much as I was enjoying helping them from a nutritional aspect as well as a getting stronger and fitter aspect, I felt like I really wanted to also help them to just feel better in their bodies. Yeah. I felt like I was ill-equipped as a just as a personal trainer um, to help to really help them, you know. Uh, improve their injuries and actually feel yeah. better in their body without just exercising every day and still feeling sore all the time and obviously not being able to train to their full potential with yeah. the injuries um, and that's when I decided to study Pilates um, so that I could actually focus more on strengthening people's cores and, and finding a movement where you know people with injuries could actually get stronger without yeah. just focusing on you know, weight training and strength training and all that type of thing. And from that, um, a, pa a, a real passion developed for me on, on helping people um, just gaining, um, just to feel better in, in yeah. their skin in, 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 and in their bodies. And that's where my um, my interest in linotherapy yes, from. Yes, yes, which we're going to talk about soon, soon. Yeah. Um, something I forgot to mention a little bit earlier when, we, when I first introduced Megan, that she's actually head of Pilates and rehab at Sandown Sweats. So when it comes to the core and injuries and all that, she basically screens the clients and takes the reins with that. So it's quite nice to have someone on board with us like that who, you know, who's walked the talk, as you can hear, and who's got the qualifications. So it's really nice to have that because, you know, these mainstream gyms, unless you're seeing the biokinetist, most of the trainers don't have that full background. So it's just such a blessing to be able to have to offer that. Next, next question. Um, we see a lot of people, not in our studio because we've, we, we've reframed it, but in our experience up to date is people training and to failure um, in their bodies and smashing their bodies to the limit. Why do you personally believe this isn't always necessary to get results? So there's actually been quite a lot of studies that I've um, read up on lately where there isn't necessarily enough evidence to substantiate training to failure versus training to fatigue. So training to failure will literally mean that you just cannot mm. do another rep or a, yeah. another, you know, another rep of an exercise. Yes. And training to fatigue is actually where you're feeling the muscle is getting tired and you know that, that that muscle's working hard, but it's not to failure. We're yeah. actually just completely hammering yourself 
yeah. for every in at every single set of an exercise that you're doing. Okay. So it actually doesn't matter whether you hit muscle failure or if you actually cut the set, you knowing that you still have one or two mm-hmm. reps left in you, but just that you know that you you've hit the muscle to fatigue. Yeah. Um, so those scientific studies prove that there isn't actually a big difference between the two. No, there isn't. Yeah. An, there isn't actually much difference. And um, the main problem with hammering your body and pushing it to failure is that by the time you're pushing yourself to that level, you'll probably find majority of the time that your form is taking str- is yeah, is yeah, taking a knock. Yeah. So. Um, you don't want to push yourself to that point where your technique is going down. Because yeah. if you're doing that, you are then obviously opening yourself up to injury. Absolutely. Um, so it's far better to train to fatigue and not not to failure. Yeah, sure. I didn't know that. So thanks for educating me on yeah. that. <laughs> I'm just going to read those scientific studies. Um, so, you know, you've, you've already men- mentioned injuries are, are possible, but what other damage can happen when you smash your body pretty much all the time? So training like training like that every single day will increase the risk of overtraining, obviously, and fatigue. Um, if you are fatigued constantly in that fatigued state, mm. your body's not going to have any time for recovery. Mm. So you're going to literally be at a state in a state of fatigue constantly mm. in those muscles, like a chronic so fatigue. Chronic yeah. fatigue. Um, it's going to have a, ne- a negative effect on your hormones. Yeah. Um, it can actually. Training like that can actually lower lower your testosterone, um, which is obviously what we use to yes. build muscle in our bodies. Um, and we'll just, just in general, open yourself up for injury. Yeah. When you're in that level of fatigue, you're not... Um, your first re- your first rep should always be this, the same form as your last rep. Yeah, absolutely. So if your last rep is taking strain and you are pushing yourself to that point where you're not having the proper form, yeah. then you are going to injure yourself, and yeah. it's just not worth it. Absolutely. And also, I'm just thinking from a nutritional point of view, you know, when you're tired, you tend to not care what you eat. So it really becomes harder to maintain a healthy lifestyle food wise when you're constantly tired. Absolutely. Because you're grabbing for the next sugar fix or the next caffeine fix just to keep up. up, And that's just not sustainable long term, you know. So what do you believe is a better approach then to training to see results? Because obviously, you know, we do have we do all like to get our heart rate up. We do all like to have a bit of a metabolic session every now and again where we think, yo, that was a good one. Yeah. So with that in mind, how could we, what, what do you believe is a better approach to still make sure we get a good workout, but don't kill ourselves and smash ourselves in the so, process? So like I mentioned before, there's obviously two different avenues. There's absolute failure and then there's technical failure. Yeah. So if absolute failure means you literally have not one single you know, gram of energy left in that muscle. You cannot yeah. push it any further and that's absolute failure. Yeah. And then technical failure is stopping yourself before you can no longer perform that exercise in proper form. Yeah. So I would recommend when exercising is to rather focus on exercising to technical failure where you are pushing yourself still. I'm not saying, oh, sit back, oh, okay, I've done three reps and that's cool because I'm not pushing myself to failure. It's still pushing yourself to that point of fatigue, but not to absolute, absolute yeah, failure. Which, which isn't still, necessary. You know, not absolutely. necessary. And then um, not, not doing that every single day is rather knowing that once or twice a week you're going to have that hard workout. And then on the other days, you're going to take it a little, you know, a little bit more easier on the body. Yeah. Um, and then personally, I've obviously found 
that my body is now stronger and less injury prone by doing more functional exercises, more body weight exercises, mm. and you know things like calisthenics, things like Pilates, yeah. um, you know all that type of thing is just you still you're still strong, you still um, you still stimulating your um, you know you're still uh, stimulating your metabolism, yeah. you're still improving your motor skills your strength, your endurance by doing all yeah. those exercises. People think that, oh, you know, if I'm not incorporating weights, I'm not working hard. Yeah, I can say since moving over to, I started bodyweight training in calisthenics about three years ago and my body's changed shape completely and everyone keeps saying to me, oh, you're getting so slim, you're getting so skinny. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm actually just getting stronger. Yeah. And it's all just from lifting my own body weight. And I've never had to train. I mean, that technical failure is I think where I've, where I've kept the bodyweight training is because yeah, because you're not lifting this heavy thing off the floor, you don't need to train to that absolute failure because your body will tell you when it's enough because you're mm. trusting your body with its weight, which is, which is really a, a lovely way to train. Um, Megs, so yeah, so something else that you do um, you, when you're not at Sand on Sweat is you do linotherapy, and um, linotherapy is quite a hot topic at the moment. Um, it's, it's been around a while, but it's, it's getting more and more momentum as more people realize that conventional mainstream... Um, treatment is not actually the only answer and yeah so just for the people in the audience that don't even know what linotherapy is if you would just tell our audience what it is and then secondly you can go on to talk about why do you believe it's such a great treatment to ensure consistent training in the gym so if you can imagine our entire body is covered in a wetsuit and that wetsuit is called fascia so fascia is basically the lining that surrounds all of our muscles, our blood vessels, our bones, our nerves, our joints, our organs. So it's literally these bags of fascia that surround our entire body. So it's covered in this wetsuit. When those bags of fascia glide upon each other in our body, that's our body having fluidity and movement. If those if those slings of fascia become stuck, that's when we have parts of our body that are stiff or stuck and they, they have um, limited mobility. And prone to injury. And prone to injury. So all these fascia bags need to be able to slide upon each other in order to maintain the full function of the whole body. The moment any of these become immobile or become glued to another part of the body, this is when we start compensating patterns in our body. So obviously that will be imbalance, stiffness, muscle weakness, and dysfunction. So what um, linotherapy does is we look at our clients as a whole, where all the parts of the body and everything, we look at all the functioning parts of the body, and we do a series of tests, and we look for where there might be a restriction in an area where you might be overcompensating or you might be stuck and where there's limited function or mobility in the body. And we do, um, we use a hands-on um, effect where we actually release this fascia and release this area that's causing the, the immobility in the body. Um, Does it hurt? It's non-invasive. It doesn't hurt. It's a very interactive approach where we look, we using functional patterns in the body. Um, and it's basically 
using our hands to move the fascia over the muscle while you while putting your body into that movement of yeah. where it needs to be that so range almost, of movement it's almost like a massage technique but you're having to still move your body while the person is rubbing you kind of you exactly. know, in layman's terms exactly yeah. so linotherapy has obviously been around for many for many years um, and the initial technique used to be quite painful and so a lot of people that I come across these days go, oh, linotherapy, oh, it's so painful. Mm. And yes, it used to be quite painful. But as the years have gone by, um, Benita, who, who developed linotherapy, has done quite a lot of research when it comes to our pain receptors in our body. And when we inflict pain in an area, our brain says, don't move that area, which is obviously the opposite of what we're wanting to yeah. achieve. So... She's she's developed the technique to be a lot more gentler, so the mood to the um the pressure applied on the skin and all of that is a lot more gentle, and we're just trying to encourage the movements over that area and encourage the mobility of um the fascia over the muscle yeah. because if that fascia is stuck, that muscle's not going anywhere, that muscle's not moving. Yeah. Um, which then brings me to you know as an athlete or as a just an everyday person if you're not having that mobility um you aren't going to be able to perform at, to your best ability in whatever you're doing whether it be training whether it be just everyday life picking up your kids so if you've got those areas of immobility which are causing injury yeah you know that's how a linotherapy can actually help by um releasing those areas and realigning your body so that it's able to function and perform better in all everyday activities and what's so interesting about this fascia is it runs from what i've seen um it runs in a band you know so i remember when i came to you for my first session i came with lower back immobility and when you did my assessment and you did all my checks you started by rubbing my wrist and i was like what are you doing? My lower back is sore. And you're like, just bear with me. I know what I'm doing. I'm running in your fascia band. And you started in my wrist and you went up my forearm and then you went along my rib cage and you came down into my lower back last and you actually didn't do much work at my lower back. But what you did is you released that band of fascia that was running from my wrist all the way through. And I found that so incredible because, you know, we go to these treatments or these, these we go to people asking for help and they address the source of the pain, but they don't look at you as a whole, like you've just said. And for me, with my lower back, it was a whole picture. It was coming from further down the fascia band. Yeah. And I found that really, really exciting and interesting. And yeah, it's just, it's been such an amazing way to see, you know, you've worked on a few of my clients and to see them come with consistent pains and niggles that they've had for years and now having had Lana with you, they're going, oh, okay, these things are starting to release, yeah. which has really been incredible to see. Yeah, I think um, we often, you know, if we have, an, have a pain, so if we have a neck pain, we always think, okay, well, I need to go to a professional who's going to sort out my neck pain. What's been so interesting for, for me on this whole linotherapy journey is actually learning how the body works in a full pattern around and how each part of our body actually leads on in like you say in those bands so you could be having a pain in the neck in your neck meanwhile it's because your hip is actually not functioning correctly or there's something going on with your foot and that's having a knock-on effect throughout causing a ripple effect throughout the body and actually causing immobility in other areas that are overcompensating for the areas that are are stuck 
And I mean, if you just think about the beautiful synergy of everything that we're doing, we're talking about linotherapy, we're talking about bands of fascia, we're talking about Pilates, which is deep abdominal core strengthening, we're talking about body weight training, we're talking about freedom of movement, and we're really, what we've managed to do at Sand on Sweat is we've managed to combine all of those things, you know, so we do calisthenics, which is body weight training, we do linotherapy, we do Pilates, we do dance, we do bar body, and then we still do resistance training, because you do still need resistance training. And it's so, it's so niche what we've managed to create, and we've, we've really managed to make a, a gap in the market in South Africa for people that are looking for something different, you know? We are not a mainstream gym. You can't sign up and have just normal membership with us. When you come to Sand on Sweat, you come to train with one of us because we're all specialists in our field. And you come for a bar body class because you want to dance. And you come for Pilates and Lima because you need to be mobile and strong. And you come for calisthenics because you want to learn something cool and you want to master your body weight. So it's just been such an awesome synergy of, of our offerings. Um, it really has. And yeah, so just to wrap up today, you know, if you are thinking of um, changing the way you train, if you're thinking of getting out of stuck, stuck movement patterns or pain or you're thinking of just changing the way you do things and you're getting stagnant and bored with your normal training routine, please give us a call. Come and see us. Um, our website address is www.sanddownsweat.co.za. You can email Megan at M-E-G-A-N at sanddownsweat.co.za. So that's Megan at sanddownsweat.co.za. Or myself, Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-Y at sanddownsweat.co.za. We'll be able to structure a package for you where you can make use of all of our classes and get the full benefit of that. So, yeah, thanks, Megan. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been awesome to find out even more about you. I, I knew a lot, but I didn't know it all. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to, yeah, carrying on with you for many years to come. Absolutely. Thank, thank you very you. much. Bye. Bye.